0: Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the Lucid Nightmares podcast. I am happy to be back to present with another episode. We are going to be diving into probably one of the most controversial cases when it comes to paranormal activity, the Amityville Horror House, and everything that entailed with that case, everything that involved Ed and Lorraine Warren and the DeFeo family, even the Lutz family that moved in after the murders happened to the DeFeo family, so... And as you should know, this has spawned off many books as well as movies and sequels and reboots, um, retellings of the story, and it has what well, was one of the big cases to rock the U.S. during this time. We're going to dive into that and we're going to see exactly what happened here. And again, we'll also determine at the end whether or not some people feel this case is legit, other people feel that Things were not quite what they seemed because there were some issues with the Lutz family and their stories, as well as inconsistencies with the uh, Ronald DeFeo Jr. So stay tuned. We're going to cue the intro and we're about to dive in. Welcome, everyone. I am your host, Tim, and you are listening to the Lucid Nightmares podcast, where we talk about everything haunted, creepy, and sinister. It is a bi-weekly podcast devoted to everything paranormal with a little bit of some creepy pasta stories thrown in. I will also be asking you, the listener, to have the liberty of throwing some paranormal goodies my way. I will talk about all of the ways you can contact me towards the end of the show. So sit back, relax, and turn on the lights. lights. So now let's start at the beginning. So the history of the Amityville House itself starts in 1924 when John and Catherine Moynihan built their dream home on 112 Ocean Avenue and lived happily for many years until they sold it to the DeFeo family in 1965. Now this is where the story starts to get a little crazy. Now, the DeFeo family consisted of Ronald DeFeo Sr., his wife Louise, 23-year-old Ronald DeFeo Jr., 18-year-old Don, 13-year-old Allison, 12-year-old Mark, and 9-year-old John Matthew. Now, we're going to be focusing on Ronald DeFeo Jr. He was a very troubled young man, could not hold down a job, constant fighting with his own father, and he was also bullied as a child for being overweight some may have contributed some of these factors to him committing the crimes that he did however others speculate that this was part of the issue not all of it now on the night of november 13 1974 at 3 15 a.m this is the alleged time that ronnie jr took a shotgun and proceeded to kill his entire family in just 15 minutes at point blank range He then took a shower and went to town claiming that someone had broken into his house and killed his entire family. His story didn't take long to fall apart and soon he confessed to being the sole perpetrator to the authorities. He was charged on six counts of second degree murder and received several consecutive life sentences over the years of him being in prison he did change his story many different times claiming that his sister dawn was either an accomplice or she's the one who killed the family Um, another time that a stranger broke into the house and killed his entire family then left the most puzzling one was the fact that he said he was hearing dark voices in his head telling him to commit these crimes now whatever the truth may be, there was no going back from this and the Amityville house will now be known as a notorious murder house. Now obviously anyone who is in the realty business will probably have a hard time selling a house that just previously had murders going on. However, There was one unlucky family that decided to go ahead and take the plunge and get this house and that is where we come to the Lutz family. George and Kathy Lutz bought the house 13 months after the murders were committed and they shortly moved out 28 days later after the family moved to California. Why did they move in such a rush? what actually happened in that house during their 28-day stay. Now some of the things that the Lutz family claimed happened to them while they were staying there at the house is that they claimed to smell strange odors. They saw green slime ooze out of the walls and the keyholes. They experienced cold spots in certain areas. The garage door opening and closing. An invisible spirit knocking a knife down in the kitchen. George and the son Daniel claimed that there was a pig-like creature with red eyes seen in the window. George witnessed Kathy and both of his sons Daniel and Christopher levitating as well. Now here are some interesting facts about the Lutz family. Apparently, it is alleged that George had a history of dabbling in the occult and he was said to wake up at 3.15 every morning, which was the supposed time that Ron Jr. had carried out the murders. The Lutz family had also a bunch of legal and financial issues. It prompted skeptics to believe that they could have concocted some kind of plan in order to sell the story to the public and profit off of that. Their former lawyer, William Weber, who fell out with them because of money, said that they concocted these plans over many bottles of wine. Now the Lutz family did take a lie detector test to prove their innocence and they did pass. Things did seem pretty serious once famed paranormal investigators Ed and Lorraine Warren got involved. You may know Ed and Lorraine Warren from some of the movies depicted about them in The Conjuring, Annabelle, and I believe The Nun was one of them as well. One of the nights at the family's house, a seance was being held by both Ed and Lorraine Warren along with a film crew, a journalist, and a few of their photographers. At one point in time Lorraine Warren is quoted that she could not go into Ronnie DeFeo's bedroom because she felt there was too much evil and too much oppression. She was also quoted that she was picking up on Ronnie's vibes and at a certain point on the stairs on the second floor landing she was getting a headache. Now one of the cameramen actually experienced a few things as well. He was quoted that while walking up the stairs, he could see mirrors in his mind and a bedroom and he could tell that that was the, Ronnie DeFeo's bedroom. However, he never walked in. So him being able to know that kind of made him feel uneasy about the situation. And same cameraman also felt a heaviness in his chest that caused him to double over and he was quoted that he just felt a heaviness and something that he had never felt before he had heart palpitations as well also during the seance a couple of the other sidekicks that were there were saying they were feeling an oppressive feeling some of the people were screaming and running out of the room some people were getting sick others feeling chills some of them were quoted saying that it was up on the second floor that it's moving around and nobody knew exactly what it was that they were talking about but just that the spirits were moving both ed and lorraine warren said that when they were driving home from the house that night they felt something had followed them and that their car almost went off the road Lorraine Warren was quoted back in 2019, shortly before she passed, that of all the cases that she's done, she said that the Amityville case was one that was as close to hell as she would ever want to get. Now, up until his death on March 12, 2021, Ronnie DeFeo Jr. still insisted that he was innocent from the crimes that he committed. He still claimed that he was hearing voices or his story would change that it was not his fault or even in some of the cases he was actually on certain drugs that will make you not in your right mind. So all this to circle back to what do you think? Based off some of the evidence and there's plenty more research out there that kinda investigates more into the Lutz family, the DeFeo family, and Ed and Lorraine Warren. It's what do you think? Do you feel that the Lutz family embellished a lot of their stories for a profit since they were in financial trouble? Or do you think that the Lutz family actually were they were telling the truth? That is completely up to you, the listener, and I want you to feel free to comment, email, send me any information you want, any extra things that I may have left out, Um, but feel free to contact me and, you know, feel free to look up everything else. So, but I do want to thank you all for joining me on this podcast today, and I hope you had a wonderful time with this story and look forward to next week and hope you guys have a great day. Also, don't forget to add me on Instagram and Facebook at Lucid Nightmares Podcast. And also look me up at www.lucid-nightmares.com and feel free to sign up for the newsletter. We're still getting everything rolling. Things are taking a little bit longer than I'd like right now. However, we're trying to get everything done as fast as we can. And I just want to thank you guys for being listeners and supporting me as we go on this journey together. It's going to be fun. I'm looking forward to it. So enjoy yourselves. You guys have a great day.